Thank you so much for joining. This is Jamal Thomas, and I am excited today because we've reached a milestone. Um, this is our 10th episode. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've been talking about launching a podcast for years, and it took my 21-year-old daughter doing it and me joining her to finally accomplish it. And um, I think she actually deserves a round of applause all her own. Anyway. Now that I've gotten all sentimental, it brings me great joy to share my convo with my friend and mentor, Mr. Rashid Thomas. Um, for the first time I met this guy, he had so much energy, and he's used that energy in a variety of different positions. Um, he's had leadership roles with the Urban League, uh, within Momentum Education, um, and he's an author who wrote a book about that life, Leadership Lessons of the Young Professional. Um, he's a speaker, a coach, was recently named uh, Black Enterprise Modern Man. Um, I can go on and on, but I will let him tell it. Uh, with no further ado, hope you enjoy my conversation with Mr. Rashid Thomas. Definitely appreciate you joining me today. Um, I've been looking forward to this convo. Feel like I could learn a lot. Feel like the audience can learn a lot. I hope I hope you got some listeners that are about that life. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you started with about that life, let's uh, let's start right there uh, with about that life. Uh, tell tell me what that what that reference is. I was I was on your site, you know, kind of checking things out. Um, to tell me tell me what you mean by what the listeners being about that life. Absolutely. So I was blessed three years ago to release uh, a publication that is my work um, and one of many works. So I am the author of About That Life, Leadership Lessons for the Urban Professional. And I wrote it because I wanted to share just some of the thoughts that I had in my head at the time as a 15-year uh, a human resources professional, being a, a man of color, a black man, and supporting young professionals through the community work of the Urban League. Um, and just oh, doing my own personal transformation journey, I thought I knew a couple things, and so I wanted to say it, but I didn't want I wanted to say it in a way that spoke to me and was authentic to me. So that's why it's about that life because I'm still about it. Um, and even if you remember, uh, I grew up in New Orleans, so if you remember Master P saying about it, about it, and okay, so I had okay. to I had to give that reference. And then, um, yeah, so we know that when we're up to extraordinary things or just up to like uh, the challenges through the work cubicles or the challenges in the community or just the, the, um, the things that, um, for lack of a better term, we're up against, to get through it many times, we got to say we bought it. Right. True story. True story. Um, so, I mean, you know, black on black education wants to be about it. And, um, you know, we, we are uh, essentially a, a virtual community center and um, all of the various different things that we feel like our community needs to learn. Uh, we're looking to be able to pull those resources into a single place uh, that people can come to, um, not just K through 12. When we think about education, we think about the idea that our communities need to be educated. Um, so I wanted to sit down and talk to you because I know that you, you know, you definitely have some things to share um, in regard to, you know, how to navigate corporate America. Um, that, that, that's something that we, uh, you know, we all need to, to, to know other people. And I'm, and I'm sure your human resources um, experience can help um, to, to, uh, you know, help people to, to understand exactly what, what the, you know, what's going on in that area. Um, but first, why don't we uh, take a step back and do mm -hmm. like, uh, who is Rashid Thomas? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Wow, great question. And just one of those things like, you know, is it is it the script or is it just the, you know, wow, who am I? Wow, <laughs> I didn't think about that today. But so Rashid Thomas, I'm a leadership coach and I'm an author, um, of course, about that life, leadership lessons for the urban professional. But um, I, like many persons, am a human being that has many layers, you know, uh, born in Los Angeles, raised in Tacoma, uh, Washington for part of my years, but then all my roots are actually New Orleanian. So some of the language that I use in the book or just the way I talk um, has been based on just my New Orleans heritage, uh -huh. um, where my mother and my sister and my nephew still live. And, and, I, and that's where the best gum gumbo is in all the world. Um, I make the best gumbo in all the world, but you, just, you I'm know, just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I tell people <laughs> that I don't eat gumbo above Washington D.C. I said I won't do it. Well, listen, Meaning, my 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 gumbo is. I'm not. I'm not going. You know, New Orleans is New Orleans. I'll be there. I'll be there in uh, about a month and a half on on uh, to begin November, and I do look forward to eating real good out there. But uh, my gumbo is me. Trust you. Go okay. You you might. Hey, jump into somebody's kitchen and say, "Hey, let's see what you got. Let's see what I got." I'm you now. Be long if they're your age, you can handle them. But if they're <laughs> if they're elder, if they're elder, I wouldn't go to war. <laughs> but so so, you know, um, currently forty four years old, and I'm proud about it. The uh, look, the older I get, the more birthdays I have. The older I get, the longer I live. So I'm great. I'm glad about it. Spent many years in human resources, and I still do HR. Um, uh, started in hospitality companies, also went through to property management. So I've been able to uh, always in customer service, guest facing, like smile, you're on type right. jobs, right? right? And then um, through that, um, I was blessed to volunteer with the National Urban League, first starting with the Urban League of Greater New Orleans, right. and then transitioning onto the New York Urban League, and then also on the national state. So um um, same gender identified, so gay, and I put that in the book and I talk about it because I actually wanted it to, to be out there, although it's not been a secret, but when you're raised in the church and, you know, you're taught that, that those things are an abomination and all these things, all this was always playing in my head as I was attempting to navigate the, the cubicle at work, as I was getting the feedback from uh, whatever supervisor superior was like, you know, well, the perception is you, all these things that they tell you, right. And you're trying to figure it out. And then also making a mark in my community, like uh, where I now realize on this end of it, that sometimes some of the uh, civil rights work that I did was very manicured versus just really uh, not, not saying grassroots, but, you know, I didn't have to go too far to look for what I needed to do to love my community. So, so I love to travel, um, uh, love to eat. Some my sister's gumbo is my favorite cuisine in the whole wide world. And then um, still on a, a journey of discovery, still got a lot of things to do. This year, I was honored to be a 2019 BE Modern Man for Black Enterprise Magazine. And they did a great uh, write-up on me. And I got to open my heart. Um, still exploring things about male uh, spirituality or uh, just uh, Black spirituality, how it's evolved over the years. Um, venturing into things around um, sex-positive conversations. I realized how lacking the sex education or just 
body education I had as a as a human. And then now, you know, with all this awareness, I get to step into that. So people can expect that from me soon. And then um, always the leadership conversation. That's my strength and go to. Uh, I currently work with a team of union individuals in New York City and they always come in my office and they talk about, oh, I don't want a session. I don't want a session. I said, well, you're going to get a session today. <laughs> and even one of my toughest uh, union team members or employees, he told me, you know, I see you as my pastor. And I want to say I, that was a compliment, right? But I want to say, is that so? So I, I'm always mentoring and coaching and, and giving people feedback anytime I can and volunteering. Um, uh, teaching volunteers how to volunteer with uh, Momentum Education and doing all these things. So I'm a New Yorker. I ain't going nowhere until uh, uh, it's time to move to Europe. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's, <laughs> there's a whole bunch to unpack there. You mentioned, uh, you know, a, a couple of things that I, ha I, I I've noted um, in there somewhere. I think where I want to start is with uh, your title. For, uh, mm -hmm. for your organization, which is which is chief leadership minister, and 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 in, if if speaking to that, um, you know maybe do talk a little bit about how um, the church has influenced, um, you know exactly how you 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 feel. Um, about your role as 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 a leader, um, you know if you if you want to speak to you know the. You know how you kind of even re how you reconcile you know some of the 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 you know religious and you, you know you mentioned how some some institutions called you know being gay an abomination things to that effect you know maybe there'll, there'll be somebody who can listen to and, and can hear how you've you know processed that and that will help them to do the very same thing so this is a perfect time to talk about that or thank you for that question because it's we're right in the midst of the um the beginnings of the 2020 um, presidential election. Okay. And we know that we're trying to get um, uh, a democratic candidate. So a couple of years ago, read a book, well, actually in 2010, so nine years ago now, read a book by one of the current presidential candidates, Marion Williamson, and she wrote a book called A Return to Love. And she talked about, um, about how we're all ministers and we all have a ministry. Um, and that really spoke to me. So as the years have gone on, and she talked about being a minister in a way that whatever you're currently doing is exactly your ministry. So if you're a flower, a, a shopkeep in a flower shop, then that is your ministry and how you treat people when they enter into your flower shop or what your place of business is your ministry. And that really grounded me in a sense to be present and just really connect on whatever I'm doing. And that's what I'm supposed to do. So that was like nine years ago, but I really didn't have legs around it till about, well, three years later, about 2013, I did become an ordained minister, but my, um, through the universal life church, it was part of my, uh, leadership program in momentum education, LT 99. Mm -hmm. And what I did was as CEO of my own consulting company, RT consulting, um, where we lead together. Um, I wanted to somewhat stand in my truth that if I, you know, not just ministering the word of God, but just ministering to others is a gift and it's a calling and it's something that I enjoy doing. So with the title of minister, I asked myself, well, what's true for me? I'm not in some pulpit. I'm not, um, it's not such a religious bend, but it is absolutely um, leadership and the human resources conversation that how do I navigate my career? How do I update my resume, my LinkedIn how do I network 
what's uh, how do I brand myself? Those are absolutely part of my ministry. So it absolutely fit for me that, oh, I'm a leadership minister. Because remember, we all have a ministry. Right. And I would offer that education as your ministry. How about that? For sure. Right? So, but with that said, um, that was a way of me also taking the power back and then owning that I can be a minister of God. I can be a minister of what I'm called to do and what I'm called to do is minister to others around leadership. Um, um, I think by the time I hit 2013 or even um, moving on a little further, I began to make peace with my own sexuality around the church knowing that my relationship was just designed the way it was absolutely supposed to be. So I didn't seek approval from the church. I absolutely, you know, just stand in, Hey, this is the way God made me. And I'm, I'm a loving man. Um, no longer had any arguments with my mother or any upsets around what I was supposed to be or what she, her dream was for me. Ma, this is just the way it is. And guess what? Based on the blessings that I have in my life, based on the opportunities that I have in my life and based on my own relationship with God, I'm blessed. Like things are working and I'm grateful for it. And I, um, but I talk about when, when you heard me say something about spirituality, where I eventually want to go with that conversation in my own life is just to look at how even some of us or myself who was born in a non-denominational evangelical born again Christian household, how I've evolved from that some, you know, to where, um, do I believe hell exists? Do I believe uh, some of the things I was raised with? Not necessarily. And the beautiful thing is, as a black and brown person being in New York, especially, you know, um, uh, a very progressive city, you begin to meet other people who are, uh, A, weren't raised the same way, so they don't, they're not tied to, you know, um, being fire baptized, they're not tied to that, or they just absolutely have updated their beliefs and they're into something else. It might be uh, spiritual psychotherapy, it might be Buddhism, it might be whatever, and it's not a wicked thing and it's not a bad thing. So that's um, that's where I'm at today with uh, that. But leadership ministers, because that's who I am around the work that I do, and every time I sit with someone, I I, I am ministering to them, um, and and I get to update my beliefs. Well, I mean, you 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 update my framework um, for what I think of minister because I, I you know I, I when I hear minister I immediately you know go to uh, you know religious framework and um, I yeah I grew up a Jehovah's Witness and uh, you know we had our, our our elders and you know public ministers and, and different things to that effect um, and you know I'm not a religious man as as I as I stand today um, but uh, do fancy myself you know quite quite spiritual um, and. You know, the, the thing I love about the word education is it's um, I think we, we, we look at it always as it's something to put in, like, you know, let's put information into people's heads and, and hearts. Um, and I think that it's probably that there's some pull out, um, you know, the, the word aduce, it, it, it's a duco and it's to it's to pull out. Um, so some of this stuff is kind of kind of inside of us and, you know, our various different experiences we, we wind up running into, um, you know, we 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 pull all of what we learn together and, and, you know, it mixes with, you know, some of what's currently inside of us. So um, I, I, I appreciate the, the thought of, um, 
you know, me being a, a minister of, 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 of education and, and not that I'm classically trained in any way, shape, form or fashion. Um, I just know that um, with every fabric of my being that humanity, um, black people, white people, red people, yellow, whatever, you know, that we are going to um, learn together um, and unlearn together, like what you know, we're, we're going to learn some 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 things um, that are going to help us to create the future that we desire, um, and we're going to unlearn some things that uh, you know that that allow us to do the same thing. Um, and I like the idea of of thinking about it from a from a ministry perspective um, because it almost it almost feels a little bit more powerful, you know. That and 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 so I, I appreciate you sharing uh, sharing that framework. That's exactly what I was going to say to you. Can't you feel the power around that? And knowing that it's, you know, you and you are empowered to do the work that you're doing. Facts. Facts. Um, so you, uh, the, the, the make love to the crowd. What, what, what's, yes. what's, what's, that, what's that all about? <laughs> so that's one of my um, favorite uh, chapters in the book. And if anyone goes to the book, they'll uh, read that. But I tell a story where can, about where can, where can people find the book? Where, and yeah, let's let's do it now, just in case people aren't listening at the end. You know, people's attention spans nowadays. Absolutely. So they can go to www.boutthatlifebook.com. So www.boutthatlifebook.com, or they can Google Rashid Thomas, um, uh, or go to rashidthomas.com. So it's a couple places. It's it's in Apple iBooks. It's on Amazon. It's in Barnes and Noble on the but online you self store. Self-published is correct. I did self-publish. The only th- and you can either purchase a, a, a soft copy or an, e- an ebook, mm-hmm. and it's out there. But yes, yeah, self-published through Book Baby, and there were some lessons learned around that. <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know what? I mean, while we're, while we're there, let's, let's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm sensitive to your time this evening. You know what I mean? We like to keep these to 30, 45 minutes. If we go over, maybe we'll break it up into two, two conversations. Um, but, uh, you know, something that I'd like to, 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 you know, by folks from black, I think that everybody has a book in them. Um, right. and, uh, you know, anybody who is, is, is watching this right now and think that they doesn't, there is something inside you that, you know, that you've been thinking about that you want to say, um, to the world. And, you know, that the, it's never been easier to do so, um, via social media, as well as, you know, as, as becoming an author. So, uh, maybe walk us through that process a little bit. So, Okay, and I'm gonna give you the the learned version. But what I now know on this end of it, and what I think people, like you said, people have a book in them. Uh, just like me, and just like many people, um, I found myself writing, um, uh, uh, being inspired, and in writing a note in my iPhone, or being inspired and in writing something down, something a thought that came to me. I I probably didn't do it as much as I should have back some years ago but when I say I absolutely do that now because I know that that's writing right whatever if I'm inspired if something's in my head um, either I write it down or I try to take a voice message uh, and at some point if you do it long enough or you time yourself or uh, schedule yourself to do it daily or maybe for a month you write something every 20 minutes or I find that when I'm on the train or uh, especially that local um, I just go ahead and uh, write something down and because it came to me and um, I even put a date to it now, like when I wrote it, w- by the time you write so much material and you feel that you want someone to take a look at it, 
um, that's when an editor comes into play. So someone can take it, look at, put it, put it, uh, make sense of it. I think the hardest so, thing so for me. So you're saying you're saying you can hand an editor like post-it notes of like like a bunch of a bunch of random stuff, or like do you have to provide that framework of of you know a, a chapter framework, or do you do you give an introduction? I think it may look different for other people, for okay. for many people. So some people, it's post-it notes, it's pieces of uh, napkins and it's whatnot that they've written all of these things on. Other people, they actually have a vision for a book and they'll make an outline. That's the smartest thing to do is if you have something, you want to make the out an outline. And then you can start piecing in some of the writings that you have. But what I now know on this end as a writer and author is to focus on the writing. Just let whatever is out of me, adduce from me, come out of me and just write it, write it, write it. Then give it to someone else who will then make sense of it. Um, and then they may get feedback and say, hey, this doesn't make sense or tell me more about this. And maybe where do you want to go or what do you see this book as? So when I started uh, bouncing the ideas off of someone else, that's when some of the things began to take shape. Mm. So... Um, Outside of the publishing, outside of like, you're not even there yet. Just write whatever you can and keep writing and then get feedback and have other people read it. Like I began to re write things and I realized that um, my Louisiana was coming out. And when I would have people from other parts of the country read it, like my manuscript, they would say, "What? why did you say that? And I'd say, well, that's the way we say it in Louisiana. I said, but this means, and they said, well, why don't you say what it means instead of trying to put in a vernacular colloquialism or a local vernacular. And I said, oh, that made sense to me. Um, so the writing and then getting an editor were big, two big steps for me um, because the editor started taking shape. I did have some outline there, but then some, I just got the, the, the extra push on tell me more when I thought I finished the chapter, the chapter wasn't finished. Or when I thought I finished the thought, the thought wasn't finished. Then we began to go through the online process of, I use BookBaby. There's other things like um, Create Space with Amazon um, that really make it easy. They offer editing services. Um, you know, it's okay to spend a couple dollars. I realize sometimes when you get your cousin Pookie to do it, uh. you know, you know, it that may not be the best look. My cousin Pookie can't read. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Pookie Pookie's gonna take the money and tell you, look, it's okay to publish. But um a lot of the uh online businesses like uh and I'm not plugging any book baby or create space uh -huh. or whatnot, but they actually walk you through a lot of it because it's sales, right? So they're right. gonna walk you through all the bells and whistles right. that you can they want buy. You successful, right. Right. Um I realize now that you can give Book Baby or you could give these things a Times New Roman on a, a PDF of Times New Roman on a blank piece of paper, on a, not a blank piece of paper, but you can give them a manuscript of Times New Roman and that's what they will publish. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize in the beginning how many layers there are to formatting, not just editing, but formatting. And then if you want to illustrate it and make it look like it's, oh, that's where the leadership tip is. Right. Oh, that's where the, right. that's, someone may do that for you, but do know that just like taking a photo is different from retouching the photo. Right. Um, those are two different things and people may charge two different prices. Right. So those are things that I learned. And then um, 
if you want your book in the Library of Congress, you know, having an ISBN number, um, making sure that uh, the title is okay, or uh, even when you get your book cover, you know, making sure that you have illustration on the spine and not just the back. Um, and then what service that you do use, how is it going to push your book out there? Like mine, Book Baby does push it to Amazon and Apple Books and, or iBooks. I keep saying Apple Books, iBooks, and it pushes it out to all those various vendors. Right. Um, so it makes it easy for people to use. And then that was just a front end. Um, so it, it, it seems like a lot, but then, you know, there's, it's, a step each step of the way that there's something that you can do and getting feedback and maybe a writing circle or something, but it can start with post-it notes and uh, napkins, ideas on napkins. Now I have a notes in my iNotes and I, every day I'm working on a next project and every day, two, three times a day, something comes to me and I just write it down. So, so what I was trying to do, you know, with that question, I, I mean, I, I try to throw you an alley-oop, man. You ain't catch it. Um, if I understand correctly, don't you have a, uh, a course on, uh, on self-publishing for those who want to publish? I do. Uh, people can go to my website and it, um, I just, it's a quick 20-minute uh, video of how uh, it, it, what it looks like and what some of the things you need to remember. So a lot of the things that I just talked about, I go into depth. And thank you for the alley oop. <laughs> hey, I'm a Knicks, so I don't always win. Oh man, don't don't do that. Don't 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 don't. I'm 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 on high from Danny Dimes yesterday. <laughs> uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm let me let me stay on my sports high for a little while. Let me stay on my sports high. Um, you brought up. Um, you know, BT, the, the award. Um, I definitely want to check out the, 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 the write-up on that. Tell me a, bit, a little bit about that experience. What, 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 uh, what was that all about? So, I'll, truth be told, something that I cultivated, I think last year I saw some people that I knew in New York that were considered modern men by, um, by Black Enterprise Magazine. And, of course, Black Enterprise Magazine is one of the oldest Black business books. If you think of the Wall Street Journal or you think of Forbes Magazine that really are focused on business, Black Enterprise is that for the Black community, right? And so I saw some peers that I know here in New York and even in New Orleans, uh, Gregoire Tillery of uh, Weed at Food Truck and Purvis Taylor here in New York. Um, who wrote a, Yes, who wrote Survival uh, or Sir Thrival. And um purpose and I thought oh geez I wonder what that's about so I began to follow like black enterprise modern men and I thought to myself I'm a modern man so it's something that I absolutely cultivated and these are the muscles that I've learned from being about that life is just to not wait on it to happen for you you make it happen so when they said they're accepting nominations um, for the 2019 BE Modern Men or Black Enterprise Modern Men, I've sent it out to my network and I say, hey, y'all, this is something important to me. And I would like, you know, if you feel so inclined to write, do me a write up and submit a nomination, please do that for me. And would you believe uh, they said you've been accepted? And I thought, oh, my God. So they had this. That was in May. And the write-up just talked about what are some of the challenges that you've had over your life. And I talked about my relationship with my dad. And then it talked about um, who are you? You know, just like you asked that question. And I'm, I'm so proud to say and own that some days I'm awkward. Other days, you know, I'm on it. Um, other days I'm, I'm killer. 
you know, when it comes to some HR competencies. And then uh, majority of the days I'm focused on being loving and connected and present with friends and family. Um, Saturday, my grand, my mom is attending grandma, grandparents day with my little three-year-old nephew or two-year-old two nephew. He's almost three. And so I already sent the gift down to Louisiana on my sister's behalf. So we can have fun. So, but just always been present to family in that. And then um, that's what the write-up talked about. It culminated with a weekend down in Miami, Florida, um, right Labor Day weekend. And it, this year we were at this five-star resort called uh, JW Marriott Turnberry. It was like a few days before uh, Dorian came, Hurricane Dorian mm -hmm. came. So uh, we were safe and got out of there, but it was um, powerful panels powerful recognition about the uh, Black Enterprise Modern Men. I got to network with amazing peers. So I was down in Florida making love to the crowd and um, just brothers from all across the country doing this extraordinary, amazing thing, talking about finances, talking about mental health, talking about um, relationships. And you know, they even had a barbershop challenge and they had to ask the question, who's the better basketball player, LeBron or Michael Jordan? They even went on to say who would be the better. I mean, I could go on and on about that, but who was the better, who would be a better or most relevant rapper if they were alive today? And the, the options were Fat Joe, Nipsey, Tupac, Biggie, and Easy E. And of course, the room erupted. But I have to look, I'm going to be a little gay for a second. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to all of that, and it all made sense to me. Michael Jordan, what are you talking about? His shoes are still hot, please. What are you talking about? And will forever be. Um, and just the, 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 the iconic and epic games that we watched. But they had the audacity. This was during one of the panels that they called the Barbershop Challenge. Because we know that smack talking happens in the barbershop, mm -hmm. right? One of the questions was, who's a better overall artist? Beyonce or Rihanna? And that's when I said, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Beyonce. Queen B, B is always the point. What's the, so we had a good time, but that was the Black Enterprise weekend. Um, <clears throat> my, I walked away with just so many inspirational things, like um, when we talk about not just financial help, but we talk about prenuptial agreements, not just because it's about trying to keep your chick or your partner from getting the bag or the red bottoms, but the prenup might mean because, you know, our Black and Brown families, I take care of my mom. So if something happens to me, I can't let that, you know, nothing happen. That's all I'm, the prenup is trying to do. Or sometimes tragedies in our families or illness, we're taking care of our niece and nephews. Mm -hmm. And so if something happens to us, we need to make sure that they're still financially taken care of. Right. So I really walked away with a, um, a mature sense of uh, what's happening in our communities. It's a conference that I absolutely go back to. And I ask everyone to, you know, take a look at uh, BE Modern Men because guess what? Your boy was a 20, is a 2019 BE Modern Man. Congratulations, man. I, Thank I, you. I appreciate it. Uh, you know me, I, I know you deserve it. Uh, we've had enough conversations and, you know, and, and, and through, through the, through the years at this point where, um, you know, that I, I'm, I'm proud of you. But proud of you Thank for you. sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Um, let's let's uh, try to you know get this into the you know the in, into the education space um you know as far as you know from a you know from a human human resources perspective um 
talk to me about the, you know, your, your feelings on the importance of college um, or, or whether other post-secondary education um, can be just as good as college or are we entering um, a stage in, um, in, in society where if people can show their work and show what it is that they're capable of doing, that some of the things that we think about from a traditional education perspective um, don't necessarily matter as much? Wow, great question, because, you know, in 2019, almost 2020, that's a question that's up for grabs, right? Because we know Steve Jobs didn't graduate from school. Um, we know a lot of people who are making some money these days, you know, they just, it's raw talent and they've learned what they needed to learn along the way. I did graduate from, a, I have an undergraduate degree. I went to the University of Louisiana Monroe. Grambling State University was 30 miles down the road. So that's where I got my HBCU experience in North Louisiana. But uh, I do appreciate what I think college supports a lot of people with is the socialization. I look back on my, um, high school life don't care anything about high school life you know it was there I I feel like I was legally bound to go there or do some things and I actually didn't have a good time because I was in that awkward space of trying to figure myself out and so um, what we now call bullying or whatnot but I was you know I fought back did you but um had you had you come out um while you were in high school or was it more you knew people knew but you didn't kind of I, that latter part, I knew people knew, you know, um, and, but it, you know, stuff that you kept to yourself or you didn't acknowledge it, even though I was, it's probably at times a little more effeminate than the rest or whatnot. That doesn't mean anything, but that's what my truth is. So I didn't know what was going on with me, but I got called names and I got all those things. And so when I got out of high school, I was ready to be done with it. And then, um, went on to college and had an extraordinary time in college. And I'm still friends with a lot of my college friends today, just because it was coming of age. You know, some of us turned crossed over from our teenage years into our twenties. And um, I studied mass communication. So I thought I wanted to be a reporter. I do use my skills that I learned as a mass communicator every day. Um, did I go into television immediately? No, I did not and have not. And I can truthfully say I took a job that was available when I got out of school. Um, I do appreciate uh, higher education for the socialization. I do think and know that sometimes some of the systems that we have in our country and in our world um, require certain degrees from certain schools. And, and we know that some of our, not just our Ivy League, but our elite schools are feeder schools for certain corporations and certain industries. Mm -hmm. So it's um, sometimes that is the safest route for some people to go to. I am not happy and I'm glad we're having the conversation around uh, student loans and finances. I almost now feel like if we think that uh, the subprime mortgages were predatory lending, I'm also in the space of, and this is just Rashid speaking, that the sell or the myth of college or the, the, the draw of college is just another, that was just another way to get you hooked on loans. You know, another way to uh, establish, have a credit system in the U S and I don't know all what all that means, but um, yeah, something because now we have online options and it's a lot less than what people's paid, you know, for something else. And when I tell you, I've learned Excel from YouTube versus right. sitting in a class. Right. <laughs> Right. 
So I don't, I, to, I, I do think it's open for people to go to, uh, to, to self-educate. I do think, you know, some of our systems are still set up to where they're going to judge you on your, what school you went to. Um, and, but we also know we have some disruptive elements out there. I think they're not as many disruptive elements as the, uh, mainstream, um, but I think the scales are tipping because we know that people are learning diverse. We're having the conversations that, you know, it, it may not be in a four a classroom. And we know that even our workspaces are becoming creative. So now the education system is uh, getting towards that. And um, yeah, and then people are tired of student loan debt. <laughs> Facts. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 um, I mean, I probably um, am on the radical side of the conversation um, in that I, I'd say at reg- education revolution as opposed to education reform. Um, I think somebody is that 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 education is going to be Uberized. Um, that that the, the same thing that Uber did to the. Um, Taxi cabs. I, I think that ultimately, um, some form of public-private partnerships um, will, will create the right mix, um, where it's far more dynamic and far more, um, uh, uh, you know, specific to me. Um, I, I didn't have a. Uh, I actually had a great time in high school. Um, I, I'm not going to suggest that I learned a whole bunch, but I had fun. Um, and, and I'm actually friends with most of my folks from high school today. I didn't do college too tight. Um, wow. so most of that socialization was, was for me in high school and it continued past with, you know, with, with, with again, very, very, very good friends to, to this, um, you know, to, to this day. Now there's things that I lost um, and things that I still struggle with to this day because of, you know, some of the, the, the things that you get in college, that, that structure, that consistency, some of those things. Um, I, you know, I still have a problem with, uh, you know, you know, right now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, as I continue, you know, it, I know that this education space is my passion and this process of, of I, I think 2020 to 2030 is just going to be, it's just gonna it's gonna be so different um and and i i don't think most people are thinking about the massive changes that are going to occur over the course of this next um decade um and and the opportunities associated with with with, with said change um and so everybody is gotta get out there and start to continue to learn because there there's no there's nothing that they can teach you in 12 years that is still going to necessarily be relevant 12 years later. And I, and I, and when I say nothing that they can teach you most of the specific, you know, stats and statistics and you know, that it, a lot right. of that is not going to be relevant when you just go 12 years later. So it's the process of learning that people um, have to, have to, you know, get a lot more um, intentional about let me tell you this. I do think I, I do support not just on a college level, but I do support public education. Mm-hmm. I do think um, I so sometimes not to politicize things, but, you know, it seems like there's one branch of the of our political party that wants to um, 
do away with public education or do away with the Department of Education. I do think there should be not government oversight, but government support of education. I think, um, and this is, I don't, I'm not the expert on it, but I know that the, a lot of our schools are based on local taxes. So I do think if there was a fair and equitable federal mandate around funding of schools, um, especially as a black and brown person, you know, a black man, I know that uh, people just don't, people want to stay in that community and want to send a kid to the school in the community, but fund the school in the community. Right. Right. Um, and so if however, not just in the, the revolutionizing of education, because I believe in that and the way we're learning, um, one of my employees is learning, um, she's taking college classes, almost finishing her bachelor's and she's, it's costing her one ninety nine per class. It's online and it's fully accredited. And I'm thinking like, wow, but then also, you know, you have people that are entrepreneurs and they've learned how to make a dollar and flip money quicker than a, a blind trading or some uh, business school uh, MBA can teach you. And if you're doing it at 17 years old, I've seen kids selling cookies, you know, um, and I'm serious. So I do, but I do want a public option. And I do think, uh, gosh, dog, and if I'm paying taxes, y'all better make sure kids got education. Thanks. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I, I, I um, it, it. The more I dig into it, the more I read, the more I, I it's, it's on one hand, I, you know, I, I, I get encouraged because there are a lot of organizations out there that are that seem like they're doing all right, that they're doing the work. Um, how these, how these places are, are um, able to scale or not. Um, I'm not sure. Like the, the, the and and the scale is necessary because the size of the problem. And you just you just brought up one of the biggest um, contributors to it. And and it's 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 the because the foundation of our education policy is based on um, it, well the foundation of how schools are funded. It's overwhelming the majority of the funding. Federal government funds some, but the majority of the funding comes from local taxes um, and. The, the, the reality is I cannot blame people who have gone and moved to a high tax place and, and, you know, and there, and, and there's, you know, a certain amount of money going to their schools for their children. Uh, I would like them to say, wow, let's be more, you know, let, let, let's do more for everybody. Um, right. I would love right. for them to, to say that. I would, I would like to think that I would say that. But I don't know if I would. I, I, I don't. I don't know that it's it's realistic that these people are going to be okay with, you know, dollars coming, you know, from I, b b changing the system so that everything gets, you know, get, gets, uh, you know, spread out. So I, I don't have an answer to how we um, attack that or, or you know, how how it's going to work. I've seen I've seen people make you know suggestions or solutions, but most of those suggestions are ones that you know you're going to have people fight you know tooth and and nail and I understand why they why, why they would fight while, while I would want them to to take a deep breath and say this is what's good for everybody the reality is is that the you know the person who you kiss on your forehead uh, on their on their forehead when they go to bed at night and that you raise from here like that's that that's going to typically be you know your, your, your number one concern um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that process, um, you know, kind of, kind of break, you know, how it fixes itself or not. Right. Right. 
what else do you think um, you know f- folks should know? Um, what we when 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 we think about it, you know, education in our communities and and what you know kids should know, what adults should know. Like if what, what's what's Rashid's one, two, three. If you know I me, mean, if if you were about to, you're not going to kill over in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Right. That out there in any way, you know. But you know, you you, you saw uh uh uh. I'm not even going to give that one. Uh, <laughs> if you know you 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 weren't here anymore and you had to leave, you know, three things that um you needed to leave with the world. That's like these these are received laws. This this is what you need to hear. Um, as a community, what would those things be? Absolutely. So I would think the first thing is, is I, I think someone said, know thyself, but learn thyself. And so that would be, know and I talk self, about that. But, no, but learn thyself? No, know thyself or know thyself. Okay. Know yeah. thyself. So be on a journey of self-discovery. So a lot of your answers do lie within. So when you talk about adduce or education, pulling out what's already in there, you have the answers and you're the key and you're it, right? So a lot of the, the, the answers to healing our families lie within. A lot of the answers to heal our, our wealth, a lot of the answers to our own education lie within. Second, I would say you don't have to go too far to serve anywhere you want to uh, be. So I talk about in the book, Loving That Community. As an urban leaguer, I used to be go to all these like Shakespeare in the park and set up these voter registration drives in all these manicured areas, realizing that I passed the people on my corner to get to the voter registration mm-hmm. drive. And so when I began to stop and talk to people on my corner, I didn't have to go too far to actually do the work that I had been called to do or doing the work that you know um, I had been trained to do. And then last, I would say is, uh, you know, once you learn something, share it with someone else or make love to the crowd, right? Um, so I talk about make loving to the crowd around not just networking, but really it's getting out, meeting people, sharing what you know and who you are. You are a gift. I started out first by saying you're it, uh, but you're the gift and people aren't going to receive that gift if they don't meet you. And so how you treat people matters. Um, so I'm a big proponent of not just sharing yourself with someone else, but really knowing how you treat people. So I was just at the store tonight and um, was in a rush because uh, I had to come home and do a podcast. And then <laughs> I said, uh, I stopped and said, how are you? I said, how's your day going? And the gentleman, you know, went on saying, oh, thanks for asking. But it's really how you treat people that matter. So know thyself, be on a journey of self-discovery because all the answers that you are seeking lie within. Uh, two, uh, love that community. You don't have to go too far to make the impact that you, you're seeking to make. It's right there on your corner. Mm. Might even be your stoop and make love to the crowd. How you treat people matters and you are the gift. Let other people meet you. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, what are you most proud of? Oh, my sister, my nephew, Kai David McFarland. And the fact that I, I wake up willing to be on a journey of self-discovery. I love it. I love it. Um, what, if anything, would you like to ask Black on Black Education? Well, Black on Black Education, what is, what do you think is the, the key or most critical issue that um, 
America's face when it comes to a black America's face when it comes to education? Um, I believe that the, the biggest issue, um, and this, this is, you know, something that, that a lot of people, uh, will probably look to argue with me about, um, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with, I believe that if, if we are going to be educated in the way that we want to, it's going to be because we take control of said process. Um, I don't think that the federal government is going to do it for us. Um, I don't know that the federal government is capable of doing it for us. I think they can be a partner in it. Um, but I think that, that in, in, at, at every local level, um, that there, there are going to be leaders that stand up and stand out, um, that have the conversations that, that, that we're having today, um, that start to create the, the systems and, and the, the, the strategies um, that allow for you know, sm small changes that, you know, that ultimately become, you know, cascade to become big. Um, that, but the, the, the biggest thing I think is that we have to do it. So if, if it's going to be, it's going to be up to us. Um, and, um, you know, I, I would love to be able to lean on, on, uh, you know, the, the, the federal government to, to do this. I just don't think it's, it's, I, I, I think that the problem is so complex and there's so many other complex problems that they're trying to deal with. Um, and that they're, I don't think that I don't think it's it's even those other complex problems. I don't think that they can deal. I think that 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 the overwhelming majority of of what's going to be positive push forward and 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 as I mentioned, I'm studying these various different organizations. It's, I, I've been looking at this uh, what is it this XQ um, uh, organization that that it's it's in some incredible things. I'm learning so much about what yeah XQ. Um, I don't even know the, the the rest of it, but but it's it's uh and I want to find it, the XQ Super School Project. Um, mm -hmm. a friend of mine told me about this last week. I'm going through their website um, with a fine tooth comb. I'm reading their PDFs. I'm reading what they put out there, and and I'm like, wow, how do I bring this information to my local school? Um, how, what, what can I do in my local school levels? And my, my, myself as an individual, I happen to be like a macro thinker. And so I'm always thinking about, you know, how this can be done for everybody. And I'm recognizing more and more that the way it can be done for everybody is for me to go help have it done in my own school. Um, and so uh, I, I think to answer your question, I think it is, it's local leaders um, stepping up and stepping out and doing incredible work that, that, that creates a story that we can have, you know, go on social media and get, um, get the kind of social media attention that a fight gets or that somebody, you know, getting killed by a cop gets or like the, that, that the positive things that happen get as much or more, um, attention than some of the negative things that, 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 that happen. Um, and when you have a bunch of a little ones of those happen all over the, all over the country, um, mm -hmm. and you reach a critical mass, um, and, and we'll know exactly, you know, what, what we need to do. And then, you know, if you throw on, um, the, the, the idea of, I'm, I'm a believer that, um, 
I, I don't typically use this term. Um, I, I don't use the term reparations, but I believe that we there's absolutely no doubt um, that we that there needs to be some form of reparations. I don't think everybody needs right. to cut a check, but I think that 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 the the money associated with with that needs to go get go into supporting um, the, the the organizations that I'm talking about the ones that are showing that on a local level that they're able to do incredible things they're able to do all kind of school turnarounds um, that they can show that to the to the to the federal government um, and then the federal government can say okay you know what we're gonna cut the check um, so that they can expand and scale said um, uh, you know, said program. So I'm, I'm going to be, and then I, I shouldn't just say I, this, this is a, this black and black education is a brainchild of, of, of my, you know, of my, my little one. Um, well, not so little one anymore. So, you know, my, my, my daughter came up with this idea and um, you know, I'm, 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 following her on, on the journey. She wants to be the secretary of education of the United States. And I believe that we can absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Um, so if, if, uh, if we do what we got to do on a, on a local level and we can, you know, send all that information, uh, you know, up, up, up to her, she got a couple of years before, you know, she'll be real, she'll be ready to take on, on the challenge, but you know, we, 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 we have, uh, you know, at least one individual who's who's ready to step up and and uh, you know and, and fight for folks everywhere. So uh, I'm going to support her in that, and I'm going to support my local school communities um, as much as I possibly can. She gets it from her dad. <laughs> <She> gets- <laughs> um, but um, yeah, man, this has been uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. Is there anything else you want to share with those uh, folks listening? Well, you know, you had asked me something early, and I'll just tell you quickly. You asked me, you, we started to talk about Make Love to the Crowd, and I know I mentioned that, but that's one of my favorite stories in the book, uh, Chapter 4. I was a little awkward kid going to my first Urban League event, and the most wait, illustrious... Wait, you said at 4? Twenty at In Chapter 4. Oh, Chapter 4. I'm sorry. I'm... Chapter 4 of the book is called Make Love to the Crowd, and I hope nobody's offended by the title. Um, but... I was 23 years old being invited to my first Urban League event, and there were glamorous black elite um, in at this event. And the most illustrious person in the room, a lady named Lindy Boggs, you may not know her, a lot of people don't know her, but her daughter, Koki Roberts, a news reporter, just passed away. Um, and she was... And back, she was U.S. representative for New Orleans from 1971 to 1993, okay? Um, and she was, under President Clinton, she was ambassador to the... Uh, Vatican or to the Holy See. She walked up to me and extended her hand and said, hi, my name is Lindy Boggs. Of course, I knew who she was. Um, At the same time, I realized she was the only person who spoke to me in the room. I was just some little awkward kid sitting there and intimidated because I didn't have a tuxedo and I just matched my satin tie with my satin handkerchief that I got from Kanji. Don't trip. Um, And my sister was my date. So when I say how you treat people matters, um, I remember how she made me felt feel, I'm sorry, mm. how she made me feel. So when I think about that often, I've been accused of being a social butterfly, but I actually was recreating. I'm always recreating what Lindy Boggs did for me, when mm. she made love to the crowd. So I will see that person in the corner of some said event and I'm going to beeline for them and introduce myself. Um, 
And it really makes a difference. And uh, it's just because it was so powerful and impactful for me that I keep doing that. So uh, I have a downloadable for my website as well. When people go to the website, either um, uh, rashidthomas.com or aboutthatlifebook.com, they can get a, a seven steps to make sure they're making love to the crowd. So they're making the impact. And this is a perfect time to do it. We're at Q4 of 2019 and then we're getting ready for 2020. So we can have the strongest finish ever and the best uh, year ever yet to come in 2020. So thank you. And, and uh, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't go off without saying how much I've seen you, you know, in those roles. I'm a fellow, you know, Momentum graduate, and I've seen, you know, the way that you work a room. I've seen the way that, that you know, you're standing over there and there's people around you and, and, and you know, how your energy can be infectious infectious, and, and, and pull people in. Um, and that's something that uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it as well. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I got the art of it, but I'm damn sure going to download, um, the, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the course that you, that, that you alluded to, because I could always get better and I can add some of the science to the, you know, to, to the, to the art. Um, but you know, you, you're, you're certainly an inspiration in that regard. And, um, I, I appreciate you being on here with me today and I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I look forward to us to, you know, we're, we're, this is going to, you know, this is going to be episode, I don't know, nine or 10 or something like that. But I'm looking forward to episode 100 and 200 and, you know, and people who I'm going to have back on, um, you know, when 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 we, uh, you know, when, when, when the podcast is in all over the world, you know, and, and, and that the community continues to grow. So um, thank you for sharing your time with me and um, and with us. And uh, if there's anything else you want to leave us with, please do get, give us one more time. Your, you know, all your how people can get in touch with you or why people should get in touch with you. Absolutely. So they can find me at RashidThomas.com. And there's a, a Make Love to the Crowd downloadable that allows you seven steps to really finish out the year strong and then start 2020 strong. But then also, I want people to pick up the book and I want people to uh, read my journey as through not only corporate spaces, but community spaces. I think we have a common story to share. A lot of us, if you were whipped by your grandmother with a wooden spoon or you were uh, hanging on the block and you uh, learned how to cope. my grandmother, yo. Yes. And if you learned how to, if you sat on the block and got a job in corporate America and you learned how to code switch and realize you talk different in the block than you did at uh, work, you know, this is a story for you. And I, I, I want people to not only listen to my leadership story through not just corporate America, but also the community and community organizations, but then also understand their own leadership journey. So there's some opportunities for them to write their own story and it's, it's fun. It's a quick read. And guess what? I look forward to once they go online, me us engaging each other and continuing the conversation all right all right so we're gonna close out there but you know what we're gonna have an overtime because you just said something that i need to ask another question on but this is you know we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll set it down there actually it's eight, yes seven. this this is gonna be an hour this, this won't take the three, three minutes so you, yes. you talked about code switching and um i talk to this to people about this all the time and um i don't do it I don't know why I don't do it. I don't know why I never felt felt it. I feel like my voice is my voice has been my voice, you know, wherever I go where, and, 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 I, and I don't do it. Um, 
what is your, just give me your feelings on it. Do you do it? Do you, is it purposeful? Is it conscious? Um, why, why do you feel like people do that? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. So I, uh, I was taught what code switching was or realizing very early on that we as people, or I say we, myself, my family, people that I know, talked one way at home. Uh, and then we talked another way when we were out in public. Um, and especially as you began to, I began to get into the workforce, realizing that, oh, I shouldn't say something that way, or I would be judged by that. And there were times where that would happen, that would happen where I would just say something off the top of my head. And my coworkers, majority coworkers would say, well, why do you do that? Or why did you say that? That's funny. I never heard that before. And then I realized um, how, uh, you know, it, it felt, it didn't feel good because I did, I wanted to belong and I didn't want the perception that I didn't fit. And so I realized like myself, myself, like many others that we would, you know, um, be one way at work and then be one way with our family and friends. And what I now realize on the other side of that is that how many, how I began to show up inauthentically, mm. like, um, as an HR professional, as a person who's a people person, where there were times where people got that I was nice and they got that I smiled, but they experienced me as inauthentic. Um, and it was, it took a lot of undoing of code switching. Now, I do think code switching went, because some of us do it, um, we've learned how to communicate with others and on a larger scale sometimes even going as far as I talk about in the book, going as far as to learning another uh, language because you're just open to like, not fitting, but just being present to who you're with. Mm -hmm. um, I also now know on this end of it that um, I had to do some undoing is, and the truth is the world was waiting for me to show up exactly who I am. So I bought into someone's belief somewhere that I had to edit who I was, censor who I was, mm -hmm. change who I was, to be accepted. Maybe because as a black professional, black human resources professional, uh, I've seen the ax fall down. I've seen people show up as their authentic and natural selves, especially people of color and having our superiors or the decision maker or the hiring manager say, well, you know, they just sound bad <laughs> or there's something about them I don't like. And in my mind, I knew what that meant, mm -hmm. right? That meant because they uh, spoke a different way or their subject verb agreement was different. Now I started showing up when I say over the past few years, I started showing up exactly who I am. And sometimes I say something that sounds greasy. Sometimes I say something that's very Louisiana Bayou and people say, what did you say? And there are other times I get, I prepped them for it. I said, look, I don't know how y'all say this, but mm -hmm. where I come from, we say it like this. And I found that uh, financial increases come by me being authentic financial uh, just uh, impact has uh, deepened and widened because I show, uh, started to show up as authentic and say what was on my mind. And I actually, people got it. Like when I was saying the edited version of me, nobody listened. Right. But when I started saying bull shizzle, or I just said, hell no. Or I called it a Rashivism. They started listening and they started repeating me. And so right. um, code switch switching is a survival tactic for many of us. I did it for many years. And I think in 2019, we realized that the world is just waiting on us for, to be ourselves. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm actually going to be looking now to have 
you know, a, a full conversation on code switching. I, I, I don't know who would be an expert on code switching, but um, I'm, I'm going to try to find somebody that to, you know, that, that knows, you know, the kind of the art and science behind that to have that conversation. So if you know someone, um, you know, please send them my way because that, that, that's a conversation I want to have. I think that, that is definitely something that, uh, you know, we, we, we here at Black on Black Education want to, you know, want to share with the overall audience. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, you enjoy your evening tonight, Rashid. Um, one of the pleasure talking to you. I'll let you know when the episode is coming out, and um, I look forward to talking to you again soon, bro. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so very much for listening to the Black on Black Education podcast. Um, we enjoyed bringing it to you. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, Make sure you guys reach out to Rasheeb. Um, he's www.rasheebthomas.com. And we look forward to talking to you next time.